Welcome. I apologize. I am carrying a bit of a cough, and so if I go muted or if you hear me cough, uh, you have been warned. <clears throat> okay, now that that's out of the way, welcome to what we call the Master Key of Wisdom, and that is that comes from a book by the same name, The Master Key of Wisdom, and I have read it probably four or five times now all the way through. It was a recommendation from uh, Mike, who will be speaking shortly. And uh, one of the things that we're doing <clears throat> is I'm working very closely with Mike, and he's walking me through the chapters, uh, talking about the the modern, you know, walking me through the anecdotes and also, like the, the, also the modern applications of some of the lessons, because that's where things get lost when you read something that's been passed down for 4,000 years, what does that mean for me today? And we've gone through uh, chapter zero, which was the introduction, uh, chapter one, know yourself, chapter two, which is the true, right, correct, which we will come to know as the great wolf moral compass. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, today is one of, know yourself is probably my favorite of all the lessons, there are eight total. And uh, to today's, which is uh, overcoming dochi, however you say it, is probably the most important. That we're it's 2023, uh, the world is crazy, the markets crash, and then everybody gets rich really quick, and then they crash again. And uh, this is probably the most important chapter, in my opinion to sit with, to listen to, and when you have an opportunity to ask questions. And then I think at the end, a few people have reached out. Uh, you know, I work very closely with Mike. Uh, when we can get together, we swing swords, we breathe, which is something I'm struggling with right now. Uh, and he'll kick my ass all up and down the mountain or the backyard or wherever we happen to be. And some, some of you maniacs are... Uh, <clears throat> wondering how do you get higher level of access. Uh, we breathe every morning with Jason and do all that stuff, and I think we can, uh, if there's time, can chat about that when Mike wraps up. So I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to sit on the floor. If you are here, I recommend you do the same. And this is one, if you're from the Garden Academy or you're from uh, the Wolf Den or even the CCA, you'll be familiar with Open Loops. This is one that I would recommend uh, you listen to and you leave the loop open and you give yourself an opportunity to observe the world through uh, this lens, which is uh, Chapter 3 of Master Key of Wisdom. Okay. Uh, thank you, Nick. I like that we have a control panel so we can see everybody that's here. And if you have questions when you go through this, you just hit Star 2 and your hand pops up and I bring you in. So we have more of an interactive experience. All your names are here, and I think Nick, I like his the best. It says Lord Nicholas Peterson. I don't know how he managed to get that on there, but it's awesome, and of course. So, well, yes, we are going through the master key, and we're trying to basically walk through this, yes, as a wisdom tradition, but more importantly, from a contemporary standpoint, well, how does this play out in the real world is, is, is the question, and is it applicable? And... <clears throat> Funny thing, these teachings, whether it's from the Eight Keys or the Tao Te Ching or the I Ching or the Wensu or whatever, 
you know, you're talking about two, four thousand year old, depending upon the book, pretty old stuff. And, you know, my sister uh, was helping watch my son, you know, and I was getting ready to go to my Wednesday class. And she goes, oh, what's that? She was looking at the book and you're talking. So let me read you, you know, one of these verses. So I read the the chapter four, you know, and then uh, and she's like, well, that sounds like a political commentary of like today. How is that Taoism? Like, well, firstly, you're right. It really does, doesn't it? And is, uh, ironically, this was written thousands of years ago, but it's completely applicable. And you might think it's a political commentary, but when, in fact, when we look at this, studying the way, there's always three considerations. You know, and if you were to ever, like, meet one of the grandmasters or the great grandmasters, you won't meet an eternal grandmaster until you, you know, leave this 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 plane. But nonetheless, you know, one day you can say, you know, they'll go through and they'll explain, oh, but this is the way of the Tao. And like, oh, so that's the Taoism, you're a Taoist. Yes. And then the next day, they'll quote some sutra from Buddha. It's like, well, wait, so you're a Buddhist? Oh, yes. And then the next day, they'll quote some verse, you know, from Lao Tzu. And then you'll be like, oh, so you're a Confucian? Yes. But which one are you? Yes. And so it's like, how does that even work? Well, Studying Tao is really studying the natural order of things. Studying the Buddhism is really studying your own inner mechanics, yourself, knowing your like the self, the condition of being a human being. And then studying the Confucian path is studying social order. So there, you're all three because you, you really need to know how to exist, of course, within the universe and within your environment down to you know where you build your house and the concepts of feng shui and knowing the universal principles, five-element theory, and solid and organs, and all of that. Great. But then you also need to know the nature of mind, which is a Buddhist view. So now you kind of, yes, you know the environment, you know yourself, and you know others. So that's the coexisting, you know, man dividing heaven and earth, the, the three. And so this lineage combines all three as any other. This is a Korean lineage, a Dunghan lineage, and the goal here is not to really, you know, learn the Korean language and the culture and become a Taoist and do all that. A lot of people will do that, and that's a mistake. Don't do that. What we want to do is we, we, the loyalty is to the teachings, not the method, not the outfits, not the language, not the culture, not the traditions. It's really easy. You see that happen a lot in yoga. Now I'm a yogini, and so now, you know, I've got an ohm tattoo or, you know, I'm small on my back and I wear the, you know, crimson orange and I say, oh, money, pun my own. And it's like, okay, but last I checked, you're Jewish. And so you're, you're throwing away an insanely intense and in-depth tradition from your culture and starting all over again. There's nothing wrong with your culture. Now, you can study yoga and sutra and Patanjali and that's great, but don't give yourself away. Keep Keep what you are and what you have. Develop a better understanding of it through a dialectic view. Look at it from many points of view. A very, very important thing. So I really encourage that. So, you know, our goal here is if you read the book, you'll see it's a lot of Hanguk or Korean, and we had to eat it and learn it and speak it and learn the culture. And, and at that back then, you couldn't just Google something. You had to be subjugated by the master, you know, and, you know, I'm not worthy kind of thing, literally. And I, I don't know if that's necessary anymore. No one person has, like, a monopoly. 
The real goal is how does this apply in a contemporary shit show that we call our world today? That's where the real value of the teaching is. Loyalty is to the teaching, not the method, not the culture, not the outfit. Very important. I share that because, you know, as your masters are, you become. And so you want to be careful with that. So as we look at this third chapter, and is it really a third chapter? It's not. Or the third principle. It isn't. It's a figure eight. It's a universal loop with no beginning and no end. And so you can pretty much any one of these, you know, it's like a hyperlinked, you know, uh, a principle. They all link together. Uh, you can jump in at any point and be just fine because it's going to come around again and again. So now we look at this concept of called the overcoming doche. Man, so as we learn this, and as I was a young man, basically a kid, 16, I started this. You know, it's one of the first terms I heard because you learn these terms based on the fact that you were violating them. <laughs> there was no book. There was no, let's look at chapter three. No, you got involved in the process. You became an apprentice. You started going through the teachings. And as you inevitably violated these principles, they were pointed out to you in real life based on your behavior today. No book. This is your behavior. So doce was a very common behavior for me. <laughs> I was like the, the doce king of the suburbs. And so, you know, I had a plenty of opportunities to go through cringe-worthy teachings of being doce, you know. And so, you know, they would be doce, you'd be called a rockhead, a no-mind, all kinds of derogatory comments would come right along with being doce. It wasn't a politically correct. It was a very martial you know, warrior, scholar, sage culture. They didn't care about your feelings. There were no safe spaces. So if it was rotten, they would cut it out. If it did not serve you, they would remove it with ruthless, ruthless prejudice. That's just how it was. I don't know if that level of teaching would survive today, but that's just how it was in the 80s. We all had our, our mullets and our member-only jackets, and that was just the culture at the time. So it was a little bit more, let's say, I don't know, gritty. So let's talk about it. What I'd like to do is go ahead and just read. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to start a little bit, outline it, and then share with you how it applies from my perspective to the reality we live in today. So chapter 3, page 61, Overcoming Doche. So the third step of the Mudo is to open up the gate to your truly highest potential. This is the Ingan, okay? So that's the highest state of humanness, Ingan. And as a... Uh, a teacher, an instructor, a master, and a grandmaster, it was my job to basically reveal the ingan. So everybody is, like, completely awesome. So if you wanted to look at the nature of you, you're a pure light, infinite consciousness momentarily residing in form. Form is darkness. Form is goo, like guru, right? You heard the phrase goo, guru. Goo is a, is a karmic stuck to you, a guru, a ru, removed. He who removes goo, which is the, 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 that darkness stuck to you. And so the whole practice of cutting away the doce, delusion, and relieving or releasing your highest potential, the ingan, because we're all amazing. And as a master teacher, your job is to see that in everyone. There is a master hidden in flesh, in po, P-O, large intestine, skin, lungs, basically shit. You're a diamond, you're pure light, covered in shit. 
That's you, and it stinks, and it's rotting, and it's impermanent. And so it's like, but you're not the shit that's wrapping around your eternal consciousness, that bright light. It's just the necessary momentary expression to be here in this unstable, impermanent world of imperfection and shit. And it's the imperfection and the shit that allows for existence. No imperfection, no existence. So the price we pay is to deal with the realm of existence, which is imperfect, unstable. And that's the game. And your evolution, our evolution, is the constant dance between chaos and order, light and darkness. All light, no existence. All darkness, no existence. Yin, yang, one step in the white side of the yin, yang symbol, the other step in the dark side. And a true master, a true gray wolf, isn't black, isn't white, it's gray. And so that's in them. You have that ability to say, well, I'm light momentarily residing in imperfection. Imperfection is a prerequisite of form. Odd numbers, the Fibonacci curve, right? God loves three. Simple. So when we look at trying to reach in them, we're trying to reach something we already are, but we forgot. As soon as you were born, as soon as the consciousness entered the body, it's kind of like an alien abduction, you know, anal probe memory swipe kind of thing. And you got to start all over, learning how to speak, walk, shit, the whole thing. So by overcoming doce, doce meaning drunk on one's own thoughts or ideas, drunk on your own idea. So doce is a blend. <clears throat> doce is, pardon me, doce is blend, uh, a blind to the needs and interests of others. By being stuck on true right, uh, then the doce never arrives to correct. So we talked about the moral compass last uh, concept of going by your true or going by right. It's never fixed. It's either, again, true emotion, right logic. It's always a balance. One day one thing is correct, the next day it isn't because you're always, you know, in a living state, a dynamic flux. The doce is the master of fleeting illusion. And selfish interests. Doce travels, travelers follow the Pado pathway of noise and wind. Pado, it's a dark path. Pado, illusionary path. Pado, you know, easiest path of least resistance, which leads to the garbage heap of despair. So Doce travelers go alone. The Ingon traveler goes with genuine friends. These are the principles overcoming Doce. So when we look at this, they outline a couple of them here. One doce is the grand enemy of principle and the adversary of correct action. So uh, just as, uh, you know, dust storms obscure the vision of the sun, doce obscures the vision of the correct. You can borrow knowledge from others, but wisdom, wisdom must be earned. As we talk about, again, learn, then, you know, earn. It's a concept through application, becoming and sharing. And the root uh, is uh, visibility, invisible power. So the root is this, like, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. The visible, invisible power, you know, the root endures. Ingon, the humanness, is at the root center. The Ingon path is the way to success. So likes and dislikes change with the moment. Principles never change. A genuine uh, friend tempers your mind again and again until you become a sort of power, genuine friend. These are people that are willing to tell you the ugly truth. That's why you get married. I don't know if anybody here is married or been married, but at the end of the day, marriage is a, is, is a bit of a nightmare. It's, marriage kind of sucks, I'll be honest with you. 
because it's painful. It's a cauldron. It's heat. It's pressure. It's constant pressure. And you always have someone looking at and delightfully sharing your weaknesses, delightfully sharing your incompetence, delightfully rolling their eyes at your lack of memory. and Whatever it is, your spouse is there to break your balls. Okay, why? Well, that's how you grow. Just like then if you really want to compound it, have some kids. And then you'll see you and all your weaknesses start to flower in them. It's like, holy shit. If you look at that Jewish tradition, I'm a Roman Catholic, so I'm not here shilling for, you know, Judaism, uh, becoming a Jew, but I'm just saying, if you look at the Jewish tradition, you cannot become a rabbi unless you're a parent because they know the process of marriage and raising children completely just destroys your ego. You know, you, you, if it's weak, it'll die. And so that's uh, an interesting piece. So they talk about the friend, the family, and the close relationships protect you from delusion. So a lot of people that hold high positions, you'll see this with like celebrities and very wealthy people. No one's really got the balls to tell them the truth and no one really cares. They just want their job or their cash or that influence. So you see these people, these clowns walk around thinking there's something they're not because they're surrounded with these sycophant yes men. And so no one has the balls to put a mirror in front of them. So then these people walk around in delusion. And before you know it, because they're an athlete, a celebrity, or someone wealthy, they think they have wisdom, and they actually have the audacity. This is where Doce comes from. They're blind. They're lost. They've never seen themselves. So they think they have the right to be virtuous and tell you how to be. And we live in a world now that's insane, infested with delusion and Doce, brought on by this greed, brought on by the worship of what we call fame and wealth and power. And so it creates these little well-funded, power-hungry, blind people that seem to think that they can stand up, get on a stage, and tell you how to live your life, when in fact, they're completely delusional. You know, I have no respect for any of them. And so if I even, with my job, I train a lot of politicians, celebrities, and athletes, and, you know, see, I'm, I, say, I don't give a shit. All I know is you're having a hard time getting off the floor and you didn't sleep well last night and you haven't taken a shit in four days. I'm not impressed with you. I don't want to be you. I don't want to hear your point of view. Shut up. Sit down. So that's me, okay? But I don't care if they hire me or make me famous. So you've got to really watch the whole friend thing. When you change your reality, this is the way, uh, this is why life is full of hope and uh, excitement and challenge. You can change your reality. So in other words, we live with the pointing to free will. We live in a universe of free will. And with that free will, it's like, well, my destiny. No, the destiny was already met when you were born. That was your software and hardware in your neighborhood and your culture and your family. That was your destiny. That's what you return on your investment from your last effort. Last time you were here in whatever realm you were in, this is you. That was your destiny. Now, Guess what? Free will. Start again. Now let's see what you wind up with at the end of this game. We all have a choice. Pado, chungo, right, left, dark, left, whatever. Free will, however, is what allows. Because people are like, well, God must really suck if he allows all of this tragedy. You get that view. Oh, well, what kind of God would let this happen? And I understand. But a God that allows free will would let that happen. And the human realm is the only realm one has free will. Animals don't, hungry ghosts don't, demons don't, 
demigods don't. Even gods don't. Humans do. So it's that free will piece that you really have to either like use to really create hell on earth or to liberate and become Eden God, you know, the highest expression of humanness. So throughout history, the living within the dochi, those living within dochi are not only alone and lonely, but are also failures at and within life. It's like they say, it comes around, goes, goes around, comes around, the whole circle thing. And at a certain point, you start to get a return on your blind investment based on your own truth. Then uh, life is a challenge for power. Power is strength. Without strength, you will not have power. Without power, you will never find freedom. Without freedom, there is no peace. So that goes back into you can't be the white wolf. can't just be a nice guy. Tough times. Yeah, you got to be a strong person or you're going to create really, really, really bad times. So tough times, heat and pressure is how the you polish the soul with the sword. In other words, the evolution of consciousness that's momentarily residing in form, that little dollop of light, that namaste thing that you hear about at the end of every yoga class, that's going through evolution by doing time and form. And it takes strength. That's why we call uh, you do the asana. You hold the qigong postures to build and burn the chongmai. So we don't just learn about this stuff, but we can earn the willpower, getting used to basically not favoring your emotions by staying in that wretched warrior two posture or that Taoist horse stance as you feel the thrusting vessel burn, the shaking of the body. It feels like you're being boiled alive. You're not. You're fine. What you're really feeling is weakness leaving the body. So it takes knowledge, but it takes will. And will has to be earned. And you earn it through pushing yourself just a little bit past that point of discomfort. Doce, being lost in your own ideas, they no, no discomfort. I need a safe room. I can't hear the truth. The truth will kill me. You want so many people, you almost, I, I, if I don't care for you, I'll tell you what you want to hear. If I don't have a longstanding relationship, I'll tell you, I get it all the time. People come to me, and, yeah, no, and I'm this, and I'm that, and I'm going, no, yeah. Yeah, 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 no, that's perfect. You got it. You're, you're amazing. Meanwhile, it's a shit show. I don't care. It's not my responsibility to take you through it. I will let you drown in your own delusion. Because if, because if I told you the truth, your head would explode anyways. So I usually wait. You make a commitment. You want to go through it because it's going to be a nightmare. And you have to ask three times the same question. And then, you know, once we develop enough will, usually we, you have to be willing to go through a certain amount of physical training so that you get used to the discomfort of going through something that really sucks. Then you start developing the will. Now we can slowly start to get rid of your doce, your delusion. We live in a world now, but it's by design, and we can talk about that later. If you want to destroy a society and rebuild it, right, if you want to, you know, do a reset, what you got to do is get rid of any connection to anything that's true and solid. Any, if you can get people to believe in relative truth, they'll believe anything. And that means you can do anything to them and the society they live in. So if you get, believe, get people to believe that up is down and down is up and blue is red and red is blue, and it's like, well, my truth is I'm identifying as a bullfrog wearing a tutu. Okay, you're perfect. Now you're a useful idiot. You are completely lost in your truth. You will be, A, you are a soldier that destroys order. Let's go back to order. Yin and yang, chaos and order, chaos and order, you know, the natural, you know, order of things. So if you look at the cycle, 
That's how the universe does it. It's expressed in the seasons. You know, order pops up in spring, and it expresses itself in late summer, and the fruits, and then, uh-oh, the chaos of fall, and the darkening, and the falling of the leaves, and then, oh, no, and it's cold. And, right, and it's a cycle. But you can't stay in one or the other too long. So what's happening, the world we live in now, is we are just drowning in doce, drowning in relative truth. No, no, you cannot say you can fly, because the actual truth when you jump off that building, will be very apparent when you hit the ground. There are truths that are not negotiable, and those are held by the Tao. You must adhere to the Tao, or you'll be ruthlessly consumed by the Tao. Now, you can create a false environment long enough where you think you're the all-knowing celebrity, or you think you're not. You're just not. That's doche. I'll never forget, I think I shared this with you, but one day I was invited to a party. You know, I train a lot of people. It was in downtown Scottsdale where all the real rich people are. And there was a guy who was very, very wealthy. And this is when MMA fighting was really big. So what he wanted to do was become an MMA champion. Never fought. But what he did do is he hired and bought the ability to fight in the ring at this event and throw the event. And he trained for like a week and he had the jacket and said Hurricane Haver on the back and, and he went and he beat the guy up and, and then he had this massive party and, you know, and of course I was invited because I was a known martial artist and he wanted to be kind of surrounded by authority and authenticity. I'm looking at this guy, I'm thinking, and everybody's like truly, and he is the champion. And they're treating him like he actually thinks he's something he's not. Now, this is a man that's had his nose broken. Me, personally, I don't know, six times in the ring. And, I mean, I've done it. I've spit teeth out. I've went through the whole thing. And no one's ever had a party for me. No one ever told me I was wonderful at all. You know, if anything, I, my coach or my master teacher would explain to me, you did this wrong, you did this wrong. That was it. No party. And it kept you in a state of total sobriety. You walked away, even if you won, contemplating your mistakes. And I was like, wow, this is the epitome of delusion brought on by, again, surrounding yourself with a bunch of sycophants, a bunch of followers, because you got cash. Meanwhile, if the guy got jumped on the way to dinner, he'd die thinking he's a champion. That's doche. And we live in a world where that's what's happening in general. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. Now, okay, one-eyed man is king in the land of the blind. If you're aware of that, well, great, actually. You have an insane advantage because you're dealing with such delusion that, uh, you know, the, if you adhere to the truth, you win because all you got to do is wait. Often you don't even need to get in there and prove to this person that's so delusional that they're wrong. Why? Just wait for the Tao. The Tao handles everything. Sometimes it's more about wu wei, the art of doing, not doing. Sometimes it's more about just let delusion drill itself down. Cancel the police, doce. Now, go ahead, bring your children to the park. See how that ends, doce. The universe will not allow it. So you can come up with your half-assed ideas, but sooner or later, you will be eliminated by the natural law. So you can pass your laws, and you can say you have to call me this, and you can say you have to wear this, and you say it all. But if it does not adhere to the natural order of things, your whole society will be consumed. 
And we are living in the middle of that. We are living in the strongest expression of Doce. Now, don't get me wrong. My grandmaster explained this to me as a kid, that this is where we were going and this was going to happen. At the time, I truly thought he was delusional. But unfortunately, he was right. Grandmaster Kim was right. And uh, that's never good news when he's right because it's usually, you know, kind of tragic. So when we look at Doce, it's really about having the strength not to completely favor yourself. And we go with all kinds of things. You know, it shows up always. Your own truth. Well, your own truth is usually wrong. Now, your feelings, though, are your feelings. Those are true, but they're not correct. Remember, feelings belong to true. I truly feel like I've got to take a shit right now. Okay, but you're in a conference room. Not going to work out. Okay, get up. Walk 20 feet. Go in a little stall. It'll work out. But if you go like by your truth, like an infant or a toddler, well, now you're an adult that shit themselves in the conference room. Bad plan. We know that on a very basic level. You know, true isn't always correct. It's all about timing. And right isn't always correct either. Well, it was the right thing to do. Yeah, but it wasn't really the correct thing to do. Well, the right thing is true. Yeah, that's, I, I, it's just the way it is. And it is, but sometimes when you're dealing with a little child, you might want to protect their innocence and kind of make it work so that they can mature. Sometimes you need to kind of balance the right so that it's not as harsh. Usually it's in the service of protecting innocent not ignorant innocent so often you either got that hard line or screw them that let them to get a job well there's can't and won't you got to go into that maybe they can't these guys won't all right so it's not that simple that's why that moral compass in the earlier chapter is an imperative to constantly contemplate how do i dissolve that then knowing that there's an underground root truth in the situation Root power, they talk about the tree. A tree with the real power, the invisible power, is the root. But all you can see is what is most appealing, the fruit, the flowering, and the leaves. Those are the first to go. The root is there for the whole life of the tree. The rest is doce. It's a constant influx. It's a constant change. It's very temporary. You're making a decision based on the fruit, based on the flower, based on the leaf. All of these things will drop. The root will always be. The true power of that plant is the root power. So we often talk about the root power of cultivation is that which you cannot see. So, you know, often we think, you know, I had a, a buddy of mine say, uh, very wealthy guy. He said, no, 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 no. Look poor, be rich. You know, I'm like, wow, well said, man. Look poor, be rich. Because otherwise, if you act rich, you know, now those are, it's all fruit and flowers and leaves. Now you're in trouble. Go easy. Be humble, but be powerful. It's usually the loudest, most insecure person in the room is the weakest person. Like a baby. Who's the weakest person in the room? The one screaming and crying that just shit themselves. It's a baby. Well, a lot of us are like babies. We're moving based on the external truth. So first we build. We understand these things. We understand the knowledge. We must make it wisdom. Learn that earn. But, you know, and that's okay. I, I can see it. I, I'm contemplating this. Okay. Well, then after that, you have to practice it. You know, that's the live it. You know, you gotta, you, once you live it, it becomes wisdom. And then once you perpetuate it, 
And once you make a difference in the world with it, that's how you earn. You're, you're, you're having a positive effect on the environment around you. So being drunk by your own idea, basically being ruled by relative truth is a very dangerous thing. And if you really want to get into it, you can start studying some of the, uh, like Marxism and all of that, so the Gulag uh, Archipelago, and all of these uh, teachings on how you destroy a society. It's a formula. And the first thing you got to do is make sure nothing, there's no order. Men hate women. This guy doesn't know this guy. You, you destroy society by creating this relative truth, how you weaken an organization in order to change it, you know, whether it's a company or a country. It's what you do. You know, I have a buddy that used to do these strategic takeovers. He worked with uh, Mitt Romney, actually. We had a company called Strategic Management, and it was the North American Strategic Management. It was in Boston. And uh, we, you know, they'd take over these companies. And the first thing they would do, because they'd have strong unions and stuff, is get everyone to hate each other. All right, we need to get this guy to hate this guy. We've got to get this company, this division to hate that division and make sure that these guys in manufacturing really hate the engineers and – Okay, and we're going to plant all kinds of stuff so that it's very apparent that the engineers really suck and then the manufacturers are fat and lazy. And, this, and then they create all this discord. So now they can change it. But a company that worked together and everybody was like, yes, there was a lot of you know, company pride and trust in each other. You could never do the necessary changes that would be needed to basically do a corporate turnaround. So the first thing you need to do is get everybody to eat themselves. That's what they'd say. Okay, let's get everyone to eat themselves. This is what we're going to do. First six months was all about getting everyone to hate each other. Once they all hate each other, we can do whatever we want. And we need to drown them in doce. We need to drown them in relative truth. We need to get each person to believe in their own true feeling. We win now. Let's get the feelings wrapped up. Let's get everyone drunk in their own emotions. And then we can take this baby over. Do a turnaround, and uh, that's how it's done. And so we're living in it. All the countries are a big franchise. So, but nonetheless, you're experiencing Dolce. This is a prime example. Okay, that's my overview, quick drive-by of Dolce. Um, we can go on and on and on for hours, but I think that gets it. Does anybody have any questions or comments? If so, please raise your hand because you might have some insight we can say uh, share with everybody. By hitting the star two, we'll put you on the call. And if it's a good enough question, you'll, you'll, you'll get a free car. Nothing. All right. Well, uh, we're also doing these um, with a video on Wednesdays. I'm shooting videos so you can kind of hear the same thing explained differently and that should help to get more of a, a well-rounded view on these principles my suggestion is that your leisure read through the whole book if you do have any questions i'm sure you can reach out and contact us and we'd be happy to help you okay uh sarah was there anything else we need to share or nick lord nicholas peterson we can take nick off mute if you wanted to address everybody nick you're off mute Oh, fantastic. I really like this no video thing. Uh, <clears throat> I like being able to just listen in. All right, so... Well, I'm uh, I'm sitting here naked myself. Well, you do that on video, too, so... Yeah, same, true. same for you either way. But, um, yeah, so Doce, and I think, obviously, you explained it well, because that's what you do. 
uh, I have written recaps that I will send to you guys, and we have uh, Mike and Jason coming out November 16, 17, or 17, 18, whenever our next event is. And if you are on the Master's Path, we will do we will end the events early <clears throat> earlier than normal, probably about four or five, and then work directly with uh, Mike and Jason, breathing, moving. Some people get intimidated because I get my ass kicked and swing a sword and all that, but that's not all it is. Uh, Mike and Jason are both masterful at meeting you where you're at, but uh, it is the the point of it is to challenge your truth. So if you don't want a mirror held up, um, probably don't hang out with us. And if you want to hang out with us, the uh, I just checked the the <clears throat> website that they'll have up is not live yet, but you can reach out directly to me, or you can go to thegraywolf.substack.com. And what I'm doing is I'm taking my notes and uh, some of the stuff that I've been writing from my conversation with Mike, and I'm just publishing them so you can follow along. Uh, there's also uh, a way to reach out directly if you go down that rabbit hole so that you can join us uh, when I go up to Arizona. And then um, I breathe almost every morning. I do miss some mornings. Uh, but Jason is leading people through breathing every morning. Mike is doing video, I think, every Wednesday. Um all trying to make it through as what it might call it the shit show of the world that we're in today. So let me know if you guys have questions and uh, I will direct you to the appropriate place. Okay, everybody. Thank you for uh, spending your time with us this afternoon. Until next time, be well.